Welcome in to Defeating the Curse two-man show, Joe and Stevie, talking about the Nats tonight, mainly because the game doesn't start for another, I mean, it feels like eternity. I hate these West Coast games. When I was younger, I loved them because I could go do like, you know, life stuff and go be out and then come home and there was live sports, whether it be the Wizards, not so much the Nats, but uh, I mean, you know, just this 9.45, 10 o'clock p.m. start it's brutal with kids, Steve. I don't know if you're feeling the same pain I am, but I, I want to watch. But it's it's. I don't think I'm going to see a single pitch tonight. Well, and we're, and we're podcasting now because you're saying there's no Nats game, and the alternative is what to hang out with our kids at this point. So you get to eight forty-five, and and uh, you got to put the little rugrats to bed and uh, get I mean, ready. Silence to, uh, is golden, and it, it is. I'm I am a little shocked that you're you're interrupt I'm allowing you to interrupt my silence but we've been we've been trading texts and messages now for the better part of 10 days about this Nats team. The last time we spoke they were streaking, we were excited. They had the Rockies coming into town. That was the last series that they managed to win going to I think 2 of 3, right? They dropped the was it the final game in that series. I don't exactly remember. It's an eternity ago. But since then, they've won the opener in three consecutive series-is, mm-hmm. uh, series series-I, I don't know. And the, but, they, but they lost all three, losing the ground that they were gaining at one point with the Braves. They mm-hmm. did not look good at all against the Diamondbacks most recently. I mean, Joe Ross, you know, the boys on the, uh, on the local radio here, they were killing him before the game, not expecting much out of him. He pitched himself a gem. And uh, the three new acquisitions we haven't—I mean, we haven't even talked since the trade. Actually, that brought three new teammates. Uh, there are three new ball players to DC plus one. I think added today. I think I need to confirm, but I think—I uh, mean, a lot's happened over the last ten days. The Nats—I don't want to say they've regressed, but certainly they don't look as promising or as hot as they as they did, uh, you know, eleven, twelve days ago amidst that uh, that streak that they were on. But here we are. I mean, they have a. Somewhat big series here coming up against the Giants starting tonight. But, you know, the Diamondback series in particular, I watched every pitch of every game in that series. I think I've now transcended from casual baseball Joe to, um, I don't know, what what's the next what's the next level? If, if you're not fully erect, what are you? Half erect? Um, Semi-chub? Seven years into marriage. Okay, so yeah, we're somewhere in that range now. But, you know, for me, the story of that entire series, as as great as Joe Ross was, Strasburg was terrible. He was just terrible. Yeah, I mean, it, it was on the day that he won NL Pitcher of the Month uh, for July. He pitches a dud. He was due but for a no dud. But there's no curse, right? There's no DC curse. There's no curse. But but listen, uh, obviously, you know, 10 days, a lot changes in 10 days in, in Major League Baseball as opposed to, you know, the NBA or NFL. Uh, Nats were streaking. Last ten games, three and seven. Um, the the odd thing, the reason you're you're having a hard time wrapping your brain around this, I think we both are, is because they did the right things at the trade deadline. They overhauled their bullpen, brought in three talented pitchers: Daniel Hudson, Rones uh, Elias, and of course Big Daddy Hunter Strickland, number sixty, uh, infamous for the Bryce Harper brawl uh, with the Giants. So. Uh, I mean, they brought in three guys who, uh, right off the bat, have contributed and looked sharp. I mean, that first, uh, that that Joe Ross game, you know, those guys, Ronas Elias, obviously he got injured uh, uh, running the first, but they didn't sign him to run oh, the, the first. Irony. See, again, no curse, right? He's just playing baseball. The guy's just doing, uh, he just, well, he's running. I mean. Uh, I, this is where you're going to knock Davey, and then if you, you, you were more, if you were a full Chubb baseball fan, you'd read that Davey Martinez told him not to swing, and... Guy got the you know he got, he got excited. the he, geez, yeah he got, he got excited he got a little heated and, 
And he, he hit a little chopper, and, and, and now he's on the injured list for 10 days. So, Look, we've all been like, there. Sometimes you just can't resist, okay? Sometimes, I, I, you know. I fully uh, You've done agree. it at least three times over there. But Hunter Strickland, Hunter Strickland comes in, and the guy has, you know, has pitched a, a handful of innings, been injured all season, comes in throwing high 90s, throws some beautiful pitches, gets out of – gets a 1-2-3 inning. Ronas Elias, same thing, gets lefties out. And then Daniel Hudson in a loss last night, the first time he comes in, his M.O. is getting out of jams. He's 24-25 to 25 with uh, stranding runners coming in uh, on inherited runners, stranding them. Did the same thing last night. Was in jam, got them out of it. And, of course, Juan Desuero, uh, you know, lets the seventh mm. inning get away. And, and uh, Why is he still giving – why is he still going in there? Like, wh- what is Davey hoping to achieve? I mean, I was at that Rockies game that Max pitched. It wasn't the best Max outing, but they had a lead. And I, I watched in, I watched in plain sight. I mean, I knew when, when they called him out of the bullpen, I knew this is going to be a mistake. This is a mistake. I, I, why is he still on this team? He's still on this team because when he's rested and his cutter is oh, working, come on, come on, Steve. He's really good, and his cutter is damn near uh, unhittable. Except and it gets lit that- up. I mean, so so when this, how often have the stars aligned for him this season? Because every time I see him come in, he's getting worked. Look, I mean, right now in an ideal situation, you have your starters going. Six innings, ideally, and then you give the ball to to Daniel Hudson and Hunter Strickland for seven and eight, and Doolittle for nine. Of course, you have Ronas Elias in there to get lefties out. Daniel Hudson can get you out of some jams. So that's it. You have Fernando Rodney uh, as your backup closer when Doolittle is not available, because God knows we need to rest Doolittle and get him ready uh, for whatever postseason comes his team's way. So. The bullpen has arms now and has options. Now it's up to Davey to really pull the right levers. The other thing that we're not really talking about because we're talking about the pitching, we kind of jumped into the pitching, is the bats have gone pretty cold. Outside of Juan Soto and Randone, who are your three, four guys, they have not gotten a lot of support, especially from the top of the lineup, Trey Turner, Adam Eaton. They've had really kind of up and down seasons. They have not Super been that consistent. Yeah. Yeah, just they got to be on base with their speed, with their ability to get around the bases. They've got to be on base. Same thing with Victor Robles at the bottom of the order. He can cause havoc on the base pass. He's just not getting on base. He's striking out a lot. And of course, you have Jan Gomes, who who is a, just a terrible, uh, kind of uh, having a terrible season at the plate. Suzuki needs to be getting more playing time. Um, but obviously, Jan Gomes is better defensively at catcher. So uh, Dozier's been halfway decent. Para's been. Uh, you know, a, a nice fill-in for Zimmerman, Matt well, he, Adams. He's been surprised. I mean, he's been encouraging. And frankly, you know, the one thing that to me that stood out during the uh, the Diamondback series in particular, they got you know they didn't they weren't the hit the bats weren't consistent, but the hits were timely. They they're you know with the exception of of that one you know crazy game. I mean, they fell behind. They managed to bring their way, but they came back or they had a lead. Then they fell behind or it was tied. And then they got they got the two or three hits that they needed. So, you know, they haven't been consistent, but they have been timely and and in some pretty tight spots as well. You're right. The studs have been studs. It's the rest of I mean, it's the rest of them. And yeah. and this is the regression that, you know, maybe maybe it we were too um, naive in thinking that that streak or that hotness could continue. But you know, I, I think it has to me. I think subconsciously, I mean, Arizona is a terrible ballpark. I think that's well documented. It's not. Fr- I mean, it, there's and there's a whole bunch of reasons maybe why that series in particular went bad. But they didn't look good against the Braves either. 
Yes, but the, it is a regression back to the mean, and and we were fooled into thinking this was going to last forever. Let's let's go brass tacks here. Brass tacks, they are now tied for the second wild card spot, in with fifty games left. They are seven games behind uh, the Braves. They are probably not going to catch them. What they need to do is get healthy. They need to get back to playing baseball. And what you just mentioned, you said the timely hitting. I'll give credit to where credit is due. Davey Martinez has this team fighting. They fight into the last out. They scratch and claw. But they're too stuff. good, Stevie. They're too good to be fighting like this. They're too talented top to bottom. This, 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 the starting pitchers are too. I mean, how many, how many national, all the national analysts would take Washington starting pitchers over Atlanta's. Yet we can't seem to. I don't know what it is. It just, it's like well, Davey yeah, started I, to I, he started to 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 tinker, right? And and then things. And that's my feeling is that somebody started to do something different, and here we are. And of course, Max being injured doesn't help things either. Exactly. I mean, you have your number one pitcher injured. Now, just to get back to your Atlanta point, I would take Atlanta's roster over our roster. I would take their hitters and their bats over our bats. I would also take the Mets pitching over our pitching. I could potentially make a case for the Phillies roster over our roster in terms of bats and, and, and production. So, Honestly, I'm surprised to hear you say that. I, I, the Philly thing was a stretch. The Philly thing was a stretch, <laughs> but uh, certainly the Braves. I mean, the, the, the Braves are vicious. I mean, uh, uh, that top to bottom. I mean, they, they got everything in, in that lineup, from Acuna to Freeman to Dan B. Swanson to Josh Donaldson to uh, the young kid in Austin Riley. That's, and then now the Mets with Marcus Stroman – Keeping Syndergaard, Degrom. I mean, the Mets look hot right now. I mean, the Mets are 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 they're in it to win the wild card, and and they're making a a chase for the wild card. So right now, my whole point is, there's no reason to panic. You need to get Max back, and Max Scherzer needs to pitch a bullpen session. I mean, that's something he has not been able to do now for two weeks. And this is, I don't know what, are we going to get into the Redskins training staff with, with the Trent Williams thing? Cause we can make the same case for the Nats. DC sports curse. I, I just read that Wayne Rooney wants to go back to England because his wife refused, hates uh, living in DC. And so I don't know what's going on here right now, but the Nats training staff uh, can't seem to keep these guys healthy. I mean, Ryan Zimmerman's got this plantar fasciitis been bugging him all season. Matt Adams now is injured. Obviously Max, had the little, you know, back thing that turned into a big back thing. Um, and he's doing the stem cell thing now. So they got to get him healthy. They, they got to get Austin Voth healthy. I and mean, people forgot how well he pitched as a fifth starter. Now you're relying on Joe Ross as your number four and Fetty as your number five who pitches tonight. That's a huge, uh, you know, uh, fallback from Max and Austin Voth as your fifth starter. So get healthy. The schedule loosens up a little bit over the next, next couple of weeks. They get off the West Coast here next week, come back to the Reds at home, uh, get some divisional games against the Marlins, and then let's get back on track. Let's set ourselves up for a home wild card game on October 1st. Oh, my God, Try Steve. It. Come on. You can't be already talking about October. You, you can't. It, it's, uh, Joe, these baseball seasons, I know they, they, they you know the, the days are, are short, but the years are longer, whatever that saying is about children, but... <laughs> Uh, I mean, these games... Days these, are long and the months are short. These seasons go by quickly. You're talking about 50 games left. I know you're thinking of the NBA. You're thinking 50 games is more than half of the season. I mean, there's only one-third of the season left. So you have got to be positioning yourselves. And I'll, I'll say one thing about the schedule. I think I said on the last podcast, the last week of the season, you have a five, count them, five-game series against the team you are currently tied for for the second wildcard spot, the Philadelphia Phillies. That's five games. That's four games plus a rain makeup, 
that will essentially decide uh, that second wild card spot. And I mean, at this point, are we is, is has the has the ship sailed on catching Atlanta at this point? Have you seen enough that we're not? It's just not. It's not in the cards. Because I, mean, I, I have personally, I, I just think they got our number, and I think I think at this point we should be we should be locked into that wild card race. I mean that that's what we should be focused. Seven games is a lot. You know, if they had split those two, if they had picked up two or three and two or three, that that lead would be down somewhere. Even with the Arizona fiasco, they'd be you know like four and a half back as opposed to seven where they sit right now. Seven's a big number. That's a that's a pretty big, that's number. A big number. So I, yeah. I I don't see that happening. But you know, you mentioned the Mets too. When they're finished with the Giants out in San Francisco, they go straight to New York. This is the longest. I think that's um, I think it's the longest. Uh, it's their longest road trip of the season. I think, although they had a really long one at the beginning as well. But uh, you know, the Giants series it, it will be telling. The Mets series, I think, will be really telling. That's a division. It's a division foe. You know, you gotta essentially get. You know, you gotta get all three of those. And they're I mean, hot. And, I mean, they're, and they're hot, they're right? Hot. And that's and that's the piece that sticks out for me, right? Because when they were. They were streaking. They were beating the teams they were supposed to beat and hanging tough with the teams that were in the same class or maybe a, a slightly better, right? And they were beating everybody. Now that they faced teams that are essentially like Arizona's chasing them, they couldn't beat them, right? Uh, we, we were chasing Atlanta, couldn't beat them consistently. So I think that's the that's kind of the scary part. Is is Arizona is a? I mean, they're they're chasing their their seasons on the line too. Like you exactly. you needed those games. You needed those games, and, and you didn't get them. You know, and from their perspective, they're sitting there saying, "Hey, we need these games. We can make up some ground on these guys, right? We can make some." I, and, and they and they did it. I mean, you're talking about a three game series in San Francisco. San Francisco right now sits two and a half games behind the Nats for that second wild card spot. So it's tight. Uh, you know, it's tight. if they if they take these next three, they've leapfrogged us. We look at the Mets. The Mets are exactly again two and a half games behind us. So. Uh, it's going to be a dogfight uh, up until the end of the season, and it's it's less about the standings and the other teams, and more about. And you made the case. I don't know if this was online or offline. I assume it was online. Uh, there's too much talent on this team, and and that's where it gets to. They just need to play ball. They need to play their game. They don't need to worry about who's coming up behind them or anything like that. If the Nats play up to the level of talent that you just said they have. They should be a lock for one of those two wild card spots. I think. I mean, I still see them as one of the maybe maybe the most talented team in the division. I just do, man. I, you know, maybe maybe I'm on an island here, but I, I don't think I am. I think they have the bats. I think they have the pitching. I think health has been an issue, and and you know, just being consistent. But then again, they were consistent for two and a half months when they beat the snot out of everybody, right? So that was their consistent. You know, right now, I, I don't want to. I don't want to look at three. You know, back to back to back series, and say, hey, you only picked up the first game in each of those. But you know, they need to, they need a, a strong showing against San Francisco. If they pick up two or three here, and two or three against the Mets, and they should they should be able to handle the Reds. Then we're back in the other. We're swinging the other way, right? That we're we're, we're talking about potentially winning seven of nine or eight of you know six out of nine or seven out of nine. Now we're in a much. Now we feel much better, right? So you know, a lot like you said, a lot changes over the span of ten days in in a. In a when you follow a baseball team, but the league on a whole changes dramatic, you know, drastically as well. The Phillies made up a lot, of, a lot of games. It seems like in a hurry. I mean, they just they seemed. It seemed like the Nats were comfortably ahead, and now they're not. Yeah, well, the Phillies are playing better. I mean, right now the thing to to, to follow is when we talked about that Diamondbacks team and that Diamondbacks series we just finished. Right now, Philly is in Arizona playing uh, on their West Coast right. swing, and the Braves are in in Minnesota playing. You know, one of the top three teams. 
in Major League Baseball and the Twins. So um, a lot can change over the next few days. The, 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 the Nats need to play their game, get back to playing ball, get back to, uh, you know, uh, the bats need to get hot. And now we have the bullpen arms and Davey needs to go to work and pull the right levers and they need to get hot and ride the... Do you the, still believe in Davey? I do. I do. I mean, I, I think... You think he's, he's good for been, another season? I, 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 again, you, you don't fire someone, and, and I wish they had learned this with Dusty. You don't fire someone unless you have a better alternative waiting in the wings. Who breaks up with the girl when... when the Nats. The Nats got no do it to, for to the girl I, named Dusty. I know. I know. It's, it ends with a huge mistake, and I think Rizzo learned from it, and I hope Rizzo learned from it, um, especially with a young manager. I mean, Dusty, you can make the case... He is what he is. I mean, he's you know can't teach an old dog new tricks. Um, I but don't know, man. Ninety wins was nice. Ninety wins was nice. That's a, that's a nice old trick. We, we he couldn't get us over the hump, and so my point ah. with with Davy is if you think Davy is progressing and he is learning and he is growing in the job, Dusty ain't growing in the job. Dusty is what he is, and so I, I'm not making the case to fire him. I'm just saying if you felt that what he was wasn't enough, then that's fine, and you fire him. But Davey, I can confidently say, can grow in the job. And so what he is today may not be what he ends up, uh, you know, a year from now. I mean, so, if we were talking Redskins, we would bring in Jay Gruden at this point, right? Somebody who's grown into the job and, and learned to work with essentially nothing at skill positions. Uh, somebody yeah, who's earned but his think, keep. But. Yeah, but you should just fire him for the hell of it. No, <laughs> save that for another day when we talk about the Redskins because he's he's earned every penny he's made here. I, I, I don't know who could, uh, uh, I, I don't know who would disagree with it. But um, I don't know what do you see happening here. Let, let's uh, let, let's kind of just look at these games. They got three against uh, against the Giants. They got three against the Mets before they come home. I think they go four of six. Can they do it? Um. Um, you know what? What hesitate? What makes me hesitant is that Mets series. To be honest, if they line up Stroman, which I'm actually looking at, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday would be Stroman, Syndergaard, and Degrom. They line up their best, uh, you know, best arms against us. Uh, no, I, I think we're looking at three and three. I think we're looking at two and one, San Francisco, one and two in New York, and I Oof. think that could be a best case scenario. That's brutal. I'm gonna. They got. I, I got them winning all six. How about that? Just there to, you go. Just That's... to change the tune a little bit here. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, I, I don't really have anything else as far as my notes go for the Nets at this point. I know they signed they signed uh, a Struble Cabrera. Did I say his name right? They, yeah, re, we resigned. Resigned. Him, he's yeah. a, but he's a longtime Met. Am I mistaken? He went from us to the Mets. So, I mean, a long time. He's been there for a couple of years. Oh, I didn't know that. I, I, well, maybe, I, maybe I'm confusing him with someone else. But um, any any expectations for him? Is he just another bat? Is that the, is that the idea here? Well, he's he's Howie Kendrick. Howie Kendrick is hurt. I we didn't even mention him. Howie Kendrick's on the injured list, so he he's Howie Kendrick's spot. So he'll be a spot starter at second base. He's switch hitter. He can hit righty lefty. Um, just a veteran uh, uh, bat until Howie's able to get uh, better and and step in. And he'll spell Dozier a little bit at second. Well, let's see what happens here. I mean, the game doesn't start for an, an eternity, another another hour at least before this game gets going. And I like to watch on a little tape delay so I can uh, skip through some of the uh, the monotony and the commercials. But uh, we'll see. I, I mean, are you staying up for this? Uh, we'll start off. <laughs> That's the a game. hard no. We'll start <laughs> off the game. We'll okay. see. Hopefully, Fetty gives me a reason to stay up. How about that? That's fair. 
that's fair. Look, there's there's no easy pivot here, but I feel uh, I feel we'd be remiss not to talk about what happened over the weekend here in uh, in the United States. Two two shootings, uh, unfortunately, adding to the list of mass shootings uh, this year and and during our lifetime. I mean, I think the first one I remember uh, was uh, was Columbine when we were both in. I think we were both in high school at that time. But um, this is you know one the the Walmart the Walmart incident in El Paso and and the um, uh, was it the restaurant bar in, in Dayton? Like that's, uh, it's, it's tough. It's tough to watch the news after stuff like that happens. It's tough to listen to stories. It's tough. It's tough to hear politicians also, um, you know, say whatever, even, even if it's just thoughts and prayers, even, even that's hard to hear at times like this. But, uh, I'll, I'll tell you, like, this is, I'll tell you, like for somebody who, who would adamantly say this is not a gun problem in years past, like, I think I'm starting to soften on that. I think there's just, there's too many guns out there in the hands of too many people that just shouldn't have them. I think the debate about what type of guns or who should have what or how many shots per second or whatever, I think that's all secondary. I think, frankly, you know, you look at Europe and, uh, you know, guns are essentially outlawed everywhere in Europe, right? And crazy people will kill each other with, with machetes and knives and, and, and they'll choke each like they'll, they'll If somebody wants to kill, somebody's going to do it. But putting a weapon... Um, you know, you can imagine somebody running around with a machete can only do so much. It's still, it's still damage and it's still terrible, but it's not the same as, you know, just shooting at people that are defenseless. So, you know, I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, Steve. I know you and I were, we're on opposite ends of the political spectrum here. You know, I, I don't want to make light of it, but at the same time, I think, you know, I, I'm just, it just, it, it just feels different. I, I don't know why. Like, I think it's uh, it's a multifaceted problem. I don't think eradicating guns or trying to is going to fix it but it's tough man every time i see one of these like we go to walmart we go to the shoppings we go we go sit at restaurants right even when it's boys night like we just go out there the last thing that you know passes through my mind is you know what if somebody comes in here and starts shooting but the 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 uncomfortable reality is maybe maybe we do have to start thinking that way well uh yeah i mean i i echo everything you said and the only thing i will disagree with you on i'm sure we have a lot we could disagree on, but we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at this, is that it? you said it feels different. It actually doesn't feel any different to me. It feels like the exact same story over and over again. And, and you know, they cover it for two days, and then they go out to these cities, and they interview all the people, and they show the flowers being hung. And, uh, you know, then the cameras leave, and the reporters find some other story to pick up. And what's left are broken families and, and heartbroken communities. And, uh it's unnecessary. And so I, I believe, and you may disagree and that's okay. I believe there is a majority of people that are, are, are believe there are some common sense solutions that can be enacted today that can help with the situation. Does that mean it's going to, uh, you know, rid the, the country of all gun violence? Of course not, but that, that we don't, you know, we, 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 we do what's right and we do the best we can. And, uh, I think there there needs to be some action, and that would make this thing different than in years past, and and then in times past, if we're able to come together on some reasonable solutions, and and one of them can be toning down some of the rhetoric that I think everyone is using, and uh, I think that could be a pretty easy one we can we can start doing now. Yeah, I mean, you would think so, right? I'm with you on that a hundred percent, and I mean. It's like there's there's getting on Twitter is probably the the worst thing you can do after something like this happens because uh, you know it just it's a it's a it's an immediate and very in your face reminder it's not 
it but it's not it's not real life i mean it's yeah. not it's not real life twitter doesn't represent the you know it doesn't represent the majority of people in fact it's been proven to represent less than 2% of the population and it's yeah it, yes it's an echo chamber but uh, you know something something does have to change right and and you know i i think that the uh the, the, if we look at the root cause, if we did a root cause analysis and kind of try to get back to what causes this, I think it's a it's a very complicated problem. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't start trying to solve it or have conversations about it. I mean, you and I are having a conversation about it right now, and I think we can both approach it and say, "Hey, this is something has to change here." Um, you know, and it's not about both sides giving; it's a it's about finding a, a resolution. Like this is a, this is a problem, and it has to be dealt with. And I, you know, although I I am conservative, I I don't. I don't think all guns should be just allowed period. Like there's, there should be limits. There should be limits on how much ammunition you can, you can own for your weapons and how many weapons you own or types of weapons. There's, there's so many things that, that can be done. I agree with you there that it's just a matter of let's have the conversations and start doing it. I just wish the, the, I wish the politicians and lawmakers would do it behind closed doors and not in front of TV cameras. Like that, that's the part that drives me crazy, right? Like when, when, when Joe becomes president, when I become president, like public figures can't have Twitter accounts. Like they can't go seeking TV cameras and and tweeting about you know for their own prerogative. Like you're there to work. You need we need you to work. But anyway, it, it's a yeah, sad story, that. man. It's a sad I'm story. With, I'm with you. Okay, it's 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 impossible to shift off of that. But uh, I think you and I are going to do in the coming days a show talking about Redskins, which should be exciting because I don't think you've. Do you know who the starting quarterback is of the Washington Redskins, Steve? Um. It's not the rookie. I hope it's you not. You have the a rookie. picture with him, I think. Um, for a long John, time, people don't know this. For a long uh, time, John Beck was Steve's was uh, avatar John or Beck. picture. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the nicest guy I've ever met. I could throw a football farther than him, though. Well, well I mean, you, you might be is able to outthrow Colt right now, too. Oh, it's Colt McCoy. At Colt McCoy on Thursday night. This is the this is the last week. Actually, sorry, this is the. This is the the first uh, of first week of football that'll take us from here all the way essentially through Christmas. There's football every single week moving forward. So welcome back football. The irony is that I don't care as much as I used to and I don't think you do either, but still nonetheless it, it gives us something to watch and something to get get excited about. So uh, for now, that was Stevie. My name is Joe. This has been DTC the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Let's go Nats. Let's see what happens tonight starting with a three game series in San Francisco then shifting to New York for three against the Mets. Let's get them, boys. We need four out of six. For everyone here at DTC, thank you so much for listening. We are out.